we want to leave with that belief and something that, you know, with some of the losses and stuff that we've taken in the past, it'll allow us to really get over that and realize that we have what we need to succeed as a national team. All right, set time. It is one o'clock East Coast time. Welcome to U.S. Rugby Happy Hour Live. Our happy hours are getting um, earlier and earlier every day, but uh, <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> uh, in just a few minutes, uh, USA Eagles San Diego Legion wing uh, Nate Oxberger joins us from Spain. So stay tuned for that. Lots to talk about with USA Rugby, the uh, the Vila International Cup, um, MLR, San Diego Legion, like I just mentioned. So stay tuned. It's going to be a great conversation to had to had to have. Uh, I am Bill Baker of Eagles Overseas and John Fitzpatrick from Rugby Mornings here as well. What's up, Fitzy? Hey, Bill. Hey, everyone. Yeah, Bill, you're right. These happy hours are getting earlier and earlier. I, I found after this happy hour, I take a little nap <laughs> in the afternoon. <laughs> I wonder why. That is needed. Yes, it is needed. It's, it's more like lunch hour for us um but uh, i've been good I'm, I'm not i'm not drinking right now so that's good except for this cup of coffee <laughs> uh so hey nice post i'm glad you finally posted something about your playing days <laughs> you know after hearing about you non-stop episode, talking about back in your non-stop. day when you played <laughs> you know back when you first picked up a soccer ball and started running with it and invented the sport i had to yes uh, back in 18 uh <laughs> Yes, exactly. And, you know, uh, last week I mentioned um, the match I needed to watch over the weekend, a college match, my alma mater, Keene State College in New Hampshire, in the playoffs against number one ranked Endicott. And I did not go to the game. I was a little too busy, uh, which was actually probably a good thing I didn't go. Uh, Unfortunately, my alma mater did not do well in that match. Uh, needless to say, they, they lost Endicott and um, by a, a good century of points. So, <laughs> don't, Ooh. yeah, yeah. That's tough. I guess there's yeah, a huge gap between number one in small college divisions and number 17, uh, which it happens in college rugby. You know how it is. I was on a losing end of a. We played Ohio State. It wasn't even their best side. Oh. Uh, my junior year, and we got swamped. It seemed like every time they touched the ball, they scored. And it was only the first half. Uh, Can we end this game? Yeah, you know, I guess you play long enough. Um, everyone gets into one of the, or you know, it's in one of those games. I was a part of a couple of those, and playing on your heels the entire eighty minutes is not fun. <laughs> it's yeah. not fun. Nah. Luckily, I've had a couple on the other end of that, so uh, made up for those. Um, you know, when you when you score seventy five points and you don't score a try from the center position, I, I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> 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 that was my problem in that one game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, lots to talk about. Let's get going. Um, Let's do it. Uh, you know, I was doing a little research today on our guest. I, I don't really need to do a lot of research because we know him well. We know his history. We know his, his, his name. Um, but, you know, always got to do some research. Our crack team of um, researchers are off today, so we had to do it ourselves. Uh, <laughs> but if you search his name on Twitter or X, one of the first things that come up today uh, is a thing called Oval 3 Player Cards. Okay, they, they listed him as a hot-valued card was just sold for 100 Matix. I don't know what that is, but it, I, did a, I did a conversion. I did. I did a conversion. Matix to USA dollars. It's $87. So basically, I think this is like a player card for some online like fantasy rugby NFT, game. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he's you search his name. He comes right up. A rare, a rare card for Nate Oxberger for 100 Matix. Um, I don't think he gets a cut out of it. But let's go ahead and ask him. <laughs> Uh, yeah, join us from Spain right now is Nate Oxberger, the face of that Oval 3 player guard. Hey, Nate. Hey, how's it going, Good. Guys? Do you know anything about Oval 3? 
<laughs> no, I actually don't, you know, which is kind of funny because most of the boys on the team keep uh, pretty good tabs on what's going on out there on the uh, rugby airwaves. So never heard of it, but uh, uh, cool. I'll have to tag you on uh, on Twitter or something like that. Wait, you can check it out. Uh, you, you're, you're probably not getting a cut of the, off of this, obviously. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that. No, definitely not getting a cut <laughs> So Nate, uh, how's Spain? Yeah, it's been great. Um, very, the climate reminds me a lot of uh, Southern California mm. at this time of year. So, uh, beautiful sunshine, uh, ocean not too far, sea not too far away, and then uh, at night it gets kind of kind of comfy. You have a hoodie and hoodie and some uh, shorts. So, it's pretty. It's been pretty cool. It's been a pretty comfortable and uh, fun tour so far, and a cool place to be at. Nice. Have you had a chance to get off? I mean, days off, hit the sites, anything special you've seen or done? Uh, a few boys. We had a, a team meal together um, the first week after the first week that we were here. We smashed out a Saturday session on the field, and then we uh, went out as a whole team with the staff and stuff like that. And we're, uh, we got to see some cool we had gotten there probably right when siesta was ending. So I think uh, things were going to kick off a little bit later. Um, but it was definitely a really cool area. And, uh, yeah, highly recommend it. So Spain's a pretty cool place. Yeah, I, 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 it's on my list. My daughter was there a couple of years ago for a class trip, and she still brags about it. So <laughs> definitely need to go myself. Yeah. Uh, so, Nate, let's let's jump into it. Let's talk about the, the reason why you're in Spain, the Vila International Cup. Uh, congrats on the win over Brazil last weekend. Uh, I mean, that must have been a big confidence boost for the team and also for the, like, the, the team's goals going forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we respect the opponents that we have out here and, uh, we had some, we had some high hopes for our, uh, North American brothers to, um, to give Spain a good shot. And, uh, so we're pretty, we're pretty lucky though, to get to go up against a Brazil team and, uh, get a game under our belts before we face, uh, Spain this Saturday. And, uh, it's probably been since 2018, uh, the ARCs where we lifted a trophy. So, um, we're all looking forward to, um, finishing strong and trying to get a trophy mm-hmm. back in our hands uh, for the USA. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Nate, just to talk about a couple of individual performers, how about Joe Mana, a hat-trick on debut? Uh, can you remember back to your first, uh, for your debut for the Men's Eagles? Were you, uh, can you, can you anticipate or could you have expected a, a better debut for anyone than three tries? Yeah, no, you don't. You don't, you know, I mean, my debut, I was playing uh, scrum half, so I was starting at yeah. nine against Italy. Uh, so it was a, a pretty big game on, host, on home soil in San Jose. Um, and, uh, yeah, something I'll never forget, man, what a what a game that was. But, um, you know, Joe, to, to no surprise, I mean, he's just a specialist when it comes to getting into open space or having someone in front of him and he's got to get by him. He's uh, – He's a special player, and so we're all we're all really uh, tight at this point. You know, over the last, you know, since the MLR season and being together, um, yeah. we're a pretty tight knit group. And when we get a new person in, and they're adding value, and and they fit in with the team, yeah, you just love to see them fly, man. That's that's what we're about. We just want to see all our teammates succeed. And Joe's a special a special player, and we we already knew that. 
you know, he had, he had an awesome season uh, for the Warriors this past yeah, year. Yeah, let's talk about that real quickly. I mean, it seemed like you and Joe were going back and forth on on uh, leading MLR in tries uh, last season. Was that a little friendly competition when you guys saw each other in camp? Uh, definitely, definitely. I mean, we all come into camp to compete. And, uh, yeah, Joe's a bit more soft-spoken, um, kind of a, a quiet assassin uh, in a lot of ways. But last season it was – He's he's definitely a, a more pure uh, try scorer. He gets a lot more points on the board and, um, uh, than than me definitely on the wing. So yeah, we're just we're lucky to have him, uh, an electric guy like him, to have somebody who's just gonna score points you know score tries and that's a that's a winger's number one job really yeah absolutely and you it's funny you mentioned uh, your debut against italy it's a good segue to to bring up tomaso boni you set up his try uh, one of his tries against uh, brazil with a nice offload there what does having tomaso's experience in the back line mean to this to this to the team yeah he's he's just uh you know he's definitely a gamer you know, and, and Tommaso is one of those guys, like once you get him into the, into the game, um, he just brings something different. He's, you know, there's things that you can't, can't necessarily teach or, or coach that he's going to do instinctively, which uh, has helped our team. But he's also, you know, if he, if you watch a game uh, like you guys have, you would have seen Brazilians bouncing off of him and he's, he's actually a big body. So uh, we're, we're really fortunate to have a guy like him that, that's coming to the team and added a lot of experience and value and his physicality and, and his uh, wherewithal around the breakdown and, and in our defense. Um, yeah, he just, he's bringing, he's bringing something that um, is just making the team better every time he's on the field. Yeah, you mentioned some others that have started coming into the mix over the past couple of, uh, you know, months. New players, maybe. Yeah, for the fans who who maybe who's new to the sport and maybe don't understand the nuances of introducing new players and new styles into, say, like a a back line. Like, how are you guys able to almost seamlessly bring them up to speed, and then as the game goes on, like? know where the person is in space and at the right time does that just come together or is that just a product of of trying to learn the system and trying to all play on the same page yeah i mean it definitely you know uh since since the summer we've had a pretty solid core core guys so what we've been able to do as a backs unit over these last couple tour windows is just learn how to talk with each other and see what the other person seeing. And I think that handles a lot of it. So that does come with time and it comes with, you know, time on the pitch, uh, time in training and whatnot. But now that we've created a pretty solid foundation of the way we want to play and we have uh, game drivers who know how we want to play uh, guys who are familiar with what players we're going to run. We just, we just keep open lines of communication. So, and, and that's really the way it should be. So you get a guy like Joe who's going to come in and maybe hasn't spent as much time as all the other boys, but we, we get them up to speed quick because we have clarity, you know, mm-hmm. and we have clarity. We can share that information and that knowledge and uh, we can execute it on the field. So it does, does come with some time, uh, definitely, but um, we're growing and we're growing at a decent pace right now as back line. And Fitzy mentioned, you know, nuances of playing. One thing that happened in that match against Brazil, Nate, was that they were down to no hookers near the end of that match. Can you talk about that situation at all? I know you're on the wing, but you definitely know the game better than probably most of us here. You know, how does that, what is that, what was that about? How does that change the game or does it change the game? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely did, right? Yeah. So they had a they had an eight man that um, was really quality. He had a line break against us in open play. Uh, we knew going into the game that he's one of their uh, key ball players. And man, I think we're losing you a bit there. Uh, I don't know if you can hear us okay, but uh, we kind of lost you there. All right, so Fitzy, Bill, yeah, go ahead. Bill, I'm blaming this on you because this happened last week where our guests couldn't hear you. I think chose to ignore you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys tune into that you know, that episode last week. David Anuhu, he heard me for a good five minutes and then he can't hear me anymore. I swear he muted me on purpose. My questions were not difficult. <laughs> <laughs> they were not tough questions. <laughs> hey, this is the joy of doing live internet, man. Sometimes, uh, you know, you know I got to get Elon Musk on the phone. Maybe he'll he'll answer. I my know. Questions. I know. Hey, Nate, you there now? Yeah, sweet guys. Sorry, I'm not. I'm not oh, sure no when I, I'm not sure when I dropped out somewhere around uh, um, uncontested scrums. Yeah, let's start again with that question. So basically, about yeah. uh, Brazil with no hookers. Yeah, so with no hookers, it, it went to uncontested scrums, which uh, yeah. we had the upper hand in the scrums. And so that really brought their eight man into the game, which we knew was a, a key player for them. Um, so I was able to provide them a little bit of go for it when it came to scrum time. But the other thing was, is if the scoreboard was closer, um, we might have even played a little bit more territorial and whatnot. But when you know that they don't have a hooker and they have a replacement, you may choose to kick down the field and try to get the ball to go out of bounds. And, and hedge your bets. Um, and we're, we're pretty dominant in the line out too. So uh, that's, that's one adjustment that we mm. could have probably made. Um, but since the scoreboard was the way it was, we still wanted to play some rugby and, uh, you know, get more cohesion with the time that we had. Of course. And we see what went right. Um, points on the board, uh, lineups look good, all kinds of stuff look good, but uh, what, what, what went wrong? And is that stuff you've been working on this week? Yeah. I mean, it's really uh, tighten up the, the main things, the principles, I think, um, you know, a lot was, a lot went into our favor, but there were still moments. And that's the thing is you get into closer games or, or, um, when you're in tighter test matches, it really is like the one or two things that you could have done. It could have been one pass mm -hmm. here. It could have been one kick execution here. It could have been one penalty. So one of the things that we did wrong was, uh, we had nine penalties against us in the first half. Um, and then we were able to gut that out. And, uh, I think we had three or four penalties in the second half. So, you know, being a disciplined team is going to be huge going into this weekend. And that's definitely something we had to address. All right. Okay. Speaking of this weekend, considerably tougher match, uh, a spirit of Spain side definitely, uh, wants to take you down. So talking about that preparation, anything different going into this match than maybe you did going into the Brazil match. I think um, the one thing I said, and I was on the Chasing Eagles podcast um, uh, last week, yeah. and uh, that was a great, great chat as well. But, um, you know, we really do pride ourselves in focusing on us, especially with how young we are with uh, new coaching staff and doing things a bit differently. Um, we just focus on us and getting better at what we want to do. Um, so that's that's our primary focus. But we do know that going into Spain, uh, they're – their ball playing, their shapes, what they're going to run in particular is going to be a bit more of a threat than what Brazil has, mm -hmm. uh, had shown us. So, um, for us defensively, we got to get in a position early. We got to have really good communication, um, attack wise, again, focus on us, do what we do, but 
all the small margins of the game in particular when it comes to the contact area, whether that is on defense or attack, has got to be on point and it's got to be tidy. So um, I think that's probably the biggest difference this week mm-hmm. uh, that we have with the opponent in Spain who's, who's a real big threat um, when they start playing and getting offloads and stuff like what they did to Canada. Right, so limit your mistakes as well. Can't give the ball back in those situations by any means. Yeah. Uh, so, Nate, you, so obviously we're end of the 2023 window or international matches uh, this weekend. How important is it for the team to exit this weekend with back-to-back wins, especially going into a year, a 24, where it's going to be around 13 test matches? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, it's a lot, man. I think – um, in a lot of ways, this is uh, this is going to be one of the more fulfilling fulfilling tours if we can end on a high here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, winning really is a habit. It, it's something that when you're when you're doing it um, and you're feeling it, and it just b- provides confidence and belief in everybody. And so we need to make sure that we're uh, we're able to try and leave leave out of this tour i mean regardless we'll have learnings we'll have things that we can get better at but we want to leave with that belief and uh it's something that you know with some of the losses and stuff that we've taken in the past it'll allow us to to really get over that and realize that we have what we need uh to succeed as a national team yeah Nate, and speaking of those 13 test matches next year i mean that's a big step right in, in the right direction for the the start of the 2027 rugby world cup cycle but I, i've got to ask man is your body ready for yeah. a, a full year of mlr and then a bill baker's dozen of international games <laughs> lord lord willing man lord willing i mean um this weekend will be my 23rd game uh of the year which is awesome it's something to celebrate um i think it's a good amount of games for you know the human the human body um, but obviously you look at next year and how many more we're going to have, uh, upwards, you know, some guys might play 30 games and that'll wow. be a bit of an adjustment, but it's, it's definitely what we need. We need to, as a country to compete at the highest level, we got to continue to bulletproof ourselves, uh, mentally and physically. And so, you know, you got to accept those kind of challenges and it's such a big honor every time that you're going to represent your country that, you know, it goes without saying that. That, that it's pivotal and that it's super important. But um, to, to all the boys who are now all playing professionally and then be going into an international season, it's only going to make better rugby players than um, the best kind of rugby players that we've had in this country for a long time, I believe, uh, with the amount of game time and, you know, being, being in the seat for that long uh, during a calendar year. Yeah, and talking about some of the the international competition, right? So that that rebranded Pacific Nations Cup, whatever, it's coming back starting in summer of 2024, uh, kind of right in the middle or the end of uh, of the MLR season. And I'm sure the Legion are going to be in the hunt for the MLR Shield. We can talk about that in a second. But, you know, the Men's Eagles, I mean, you guys are going to be competing against Canada, Japan, uh, potentially uh, Fiji, Samoa, and Tonga. How do the boys feel about participating uh, in that competition, uh, I I can tell you as someone who's been on the team, I'm I'm really thrilled about it, you know, and um, and I think the general consensus for us, as I, as I say, you know, we're focused on us. Is it it only gets better, and we only get to challenge ourselves that much more when we go up against competition like the teams you just named. So, um, I think if you can if you can bang with with some of the Polynesian teams, uh, then you can bang with probably anybody in the 
in the world. And if you can play at the pace that uh, a Japanese team brings, uh, you'll be able to play at any pace in the world as well. So it'll definitely be a stepping stone for us uh, and a level up. Um, but it's definitely something we should be, man, we got, we got to be pumped about it. And I, and I thoroughly am. I think it'll be a great competition to be a part of. Well, definitely looking forward to that. Those matches later in the year. Now, the the guy who's leading you right now, Scott Lawrence, um, we've talked about him with a number of the players and others um, just recently with Greg Peterson and, and another one. Uh, we talked about zero-G rugby. Uh, can you talk about that? What does that mean to you? And also, can you point out some examples maybe in matches that fans um, could see or get a better sense of what that means? Yeah, I think um, if you were to go back into the Brazil game, uh, the best – Attack-wise, um, that you'd see us in zero G would be the 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 ball in play before Tommy Tuivau's try, and uh, Tommy was an absolute bully when he came in off the bench. Um, you know, Tommy, I'm pretty sure he had a carry. There's one more carry, and then he ends up getting up and he ends up scoring again. Um, so for us being in in zero G, it's uh, it's playing at a at a pace and at a level. Um, that is above everything else. Um, it's a, it's above whatever, whatever the other team's doing. And, uh, you know, I always say there's, there's no defense for, for quick ball. There's no defense for a quick attack. Um, mm. and we definitely carry that onto the defensive side in the way that we want to move the way that we need to communicate and get into position so that we can get off the line and force more turnovers and, uh, more broken play. So for us, it's how often can we create those opportunities and, um, and, you know, really turn the game on its head when we're all playing with energy uh, that, that can't be matched. You know, but, hey, Fitzy, sorry, I'm jumping in. Uh, yeah. Full disclosure here, I think my college coach already thought of this <laughs> years ago. He used to say in one play, okay, if you touch the ball once, your team has a chance to score. If you touch the ball twice, now in the same play, your team will score. If you touch the ball three times, you will score. Oh. I think it's the same thing. Close yeah. to it, at least. I'm going to tell Scott Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on. <laughs> there he goes. There goes Bill again. Always bringing up his rugby yeah. playing experience. <laughs> You're on track. I, I think it's the same thing. I, I know I'm, I'm being funny by my old coach, but um, I it wasn't many times I got the ball three times in one play. But well, I mean, like I think it, 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 when Nate jumps in, he can just jump right back in, Nate. But the the concept of zero G rugby in my mind is just like free flowing, keep the ball in play. Let's take right, advantage of the athletes that we have on the field, and like let's go play a fun attacking style, you know. And uh, I, I think the the two of our try is a good example to pinpoint to say, yeah, that's. In my mind, that's zero G. And honestly, I'm surprised Nate didn't bring up the try that he that he uh, scored with with Boney. You know, just the the strong support line running free in the open field. Like that's mm-hmm. what fans want to see. You know. Well, right, and that was a good dish off to Boney. I was I was thinking, man, is he going to try to keep it himself? But there's there was two big defenders there ready to take down Nate. But good offload, and, I, and I'm glad you brought that up earlier about having Boney on this team. I mean, it, good to see him scoring. It's just his experience in that back line. I think it's going to be great, especially for the younger guys. And Fitzy, I don't know if you saw online earlier, there was a good picture of uh, uh, Bryce Campbell uh, training with the team. So I wonder if we'll see him this weekend. What you guys are saying actually is is spot on. You know, it is a free-flowing style of play. Um, and for us, we, we focus on both sides of the ball. Those first three phases, if we can execute. 
All right, so listen, Nate, we're going we're gonna to wrap things up here in a bit, but let's jump into the Legion real quick. You have some unfinished business, obviously, with the Legion. You guys had a fantastic year just coming up a little short against New England in Chicago. You, you've got to be excited coming into this next season. Yeah, the, the Legion has had some turnover, almost uh, too many good players. You know, they lost some pivotal guys. And um, yeah. as you can see with some of their announcements, they're uh, re-signing some more, some more weapons, a bit more youth. But um, – that team's not going to go anywhere. You know, the team's going to go and uh, be ready to compete in 2024. And that's got to be the mindset. And I know that's the mindset in that building. And I know that's where the, what the team what we're going to strive for. Yesterday, um, uh, Will Hooley, or, or during the match, whichever one, Will Hooley mentioned on online and social media, he forgot which side of the field you usually lined up on. You, you were on the right side for USA. He said you're always on the left. Then he corrected himself. I think, I think he cost you a lot of tries. I mean, how does your fly half not know where you are? <laughs> <laughs> I think you know Will's only human. He's only. Human. <laughs> Nate, hold on a second. I'm going to do one more thing. Just do us a quick favor. Go ahead and restart again. And we're going to, we're just going to wrap things up with you. We do have another question for you too, or, or two more, but let's reset, get you back on and we'll get you back to uh, probably bedtime, whatever you have going on over there. <laughs> yeah. I, I think he definitely, uh, I'm going to miss Will Hooley to tell you the truth. Uh, Fitzy, um, he had a, for his last year with MLR or region before retirement, mm-hmm. I thought he had a great year. I, I, he probably. I feel like he looked healthy enough to to, to keep playing. I understand it's probably not. It's got to be a tough decision, right, to decide to to step away from competitive rugby. And I'm sure you know he may get that itch, you know, in in a couple of months as we get closer to the start of the season. But uh, yeah, you know, he's 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 around, right? He's got a job with MLR now, so certainly yep. we will still feel his presence and his impact on the game here in the U.S. Our adopted our adopted son. It's right. It's right. My my younger self apparently someone said when we did that <laughs> little right. series last. Uh, Nate, you got you back, right? Yeah. Awesome. So. All right, real quick. Yeah. <laughs> All right, wrapping it up. Uh, a couple things here, quick. Um, MLR season um, ends it, looking like it's going to end in August now. So this is going to conflict with the Eagles, uh, with the July window, Pacific Nations. Any concern from maybe a player point of view? I think from an outside perspective, like up from the season, obviously it's it's going to be tough to stay in it while those two weeks are happening uh, for a lot of teams. Uh, some teams might lose more players than others uh, during that window. But um, kind of, as I always say, it's, it's, uh, it just comes with the, comes with the job. Other teams all over the, all of the world have to have to go and do that as well. Now I know we're our professional league, major league rugby, isn't a, a premiership or a top 14 uh, league yet, but, I think you're just gonna you're gonna see we're gonna have to take it in stride and uh, figure out how to make it work, and mm-hmm. that's kind of that's kind of what it's gonna be. But there's definitely a little bit of well, you might lose some momentum going into a playoff game, you know, or in a, a, a out round. So again, you just gotta roll with the punches. Kind of like the show. <laughs> <laughs> Got you there. Let's go ahead and, and say goodbye to everybody um, yeah, like that. Nate, if you can hear us, we really do appreciate your time with us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll get you back on, and it'll work better next time, I promise. Um, it, it's it's some, Sometimes when we have our guests overseas, we do, definitely have some issues. So I don't know if the distance, the satellites, or whatever. Uh, we'll have to invest in our own satellite. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, thanks, Nate. Uh, good luck this weekend. We are, we're pumped for you, man, and we will – We'll chat again soon, man. It's not not a problem. Uh, Fitzy, you want to say anything to him if he can hear us? 
No, I'm just excited for this this last match against Spain. I think it's going to be a real competitive one. Yeah, and, and Nate did write, sorry about this. Um, I was told this wasn't an issue for David and Patty last week. <laughs> did you hear that? <laughs> All right, whatever, man, Nate. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, thank you a, a ton for tuning in, and we'll do this again next week. So uh, uh, check out Eagles Overseas or Rugby Morning on social media.